Ready? Yes. Oh! Here we go again. Gonna wake up the downstairs neighbors. Stand up tall Sometimes everybody Don't know anything at all All right, you are listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. And I am Brian. Good news, guys. We're back! We did it! It took took a lot, a lot of convincing. A governor's pardon and three letters from my non-Jewish Jewish mother to finally convince the bosses at Dry Room Productions to let us back on the air after our last uh, quarter hour. But we did it! Big ups to your mom, uh, your your non-Jewish Jewish mother, for putting aside her Wookiee hatred and say and, and really coming to bat for us. Because I'm pretty sure we would still be sitting under the 405 freeway bridge talking into a coffee can pretending it was recording us. If she Oh, I know. And by the way, I mean, that's the real tragedy is we haven't stopped doing this show. Yeah. We've still been on schedule. Um, it's pretty much just been for us and a couple of the hobos that were nearby. Yeah, somewhere buried up behind the Getty Museum is a cassette tape containing the lost podcasts that are just us under a freeway bridge fighting off all manner of coyotes um, and a couple coke-addicted producers that came down there for blowjobs, but uh, <laughs> we did not give them. To, we did not give them what they wanted, and th- we had to fight. Not at first. Not, well, I mean, at the end, after they'd taken our weapons away. And thank you for taking one for the team on that one. I really appreciate yeah, it. I do what I can. Yeah, it was very nice of you. By the way, do you have any scope? Uh, no, I am out, because uh, I may have also lost later. <laughs> the important thing is we are back. A lot of important, cool stuff to talk about. A lot of did fun. I don't, think, I don't think we're going to have any... Uh, Nothing any negative serious happened. talk on this one. No, I don't think anything negative happened while we were gone at all. No, no. In fact, I think we should just jump right into the uh, to the fun stuff. And, okay. And uh, um, the newest James Bond, uh, Spectre, is out, and I have not seen it yet. How about you? I was under a freeway bridge fighting hobos, so no, I was. I have not seen it either, but I don't think that should stop us. No, no, I don't see why not. It In wouldn't fact, stop I think this James is the first Bond. Time of course not. It would not stop James Bond. I think that this might be the first time neither one of us have seen the thing yet. So I think that it's kind of perfect. We should just review it. All right. I'm down. All right. So uh, Spectre is the name of it. And yep. uh, it stars Daniel Craig as James Bond, who is uh, Ooh la la. a, a like British him. character. If I recall, I'd get the scope out for him. Hey, oh, now um, our spoiler rule is still in place, so we don't want to yeah. we don't want to spoil anything here. I won't. Um, I won't say anything. But uh, about it, about the yeah. film that is so specterish that we have neither one of us have seen it. But I do think it's I think it's cool that they still did the whole point at the camera thing. Uh, during the during the uh, the opening of it, which yeah, was that cool. was great. I was, you yeah. know, when that moment happens, as it does in every Bond film ever, uh, mm. it was great to have that moment in this one as well. Also, the moment where he had sex with some ladies, I <laughs> really right. 
I did not see that coming. I'm not. Gonna I lie. know. I ha, didn't see it coming. I see what you right. Did see Daniel Craig. The Daniel Craig Bonds have been a little bit more like Bonds now. A little bit more like I don't want to say PC because he's not PC, but you know he's he's very respectful towards. I mean, I remember back in the day when Sean Connery could slap a woman on the ass and say it's man time, bunny, and then like tell her to get out the room. Like that that happened in Gold. Those are the good old days, man. Yeah. By the way, don't try that in an office environment. It does oh. not fly nowadays. Oh, that explains why I got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was because I was stealing pencils. Son of a bitch. Okay. No, they well. actually didn't even know about that until now. Until now. crap. Um anyway. Uh yeah, no. I, I just the fact that he had sex with some ladies in this was very nice. And mm-hmm. I was a big I was a fan of that. And the ladies were quite good looking. I would right? also like to add, uh, Monica Bellucci is. I've wanted her to be a Bond girl for quite a while. Uh, she She's is way, pretty much the sexiest way woman better ever. Better looking than than uh, than Jim. Jim. Jim Bellucci, her brother. No, no, Bellucci. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's just a it's it's a it's an it's an it's just a, a speech pattern. But they're related. They're totally brother and sister. Wow. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. And man, I got to say, she won the genetic lottery on that one. And he <laughs> may have lost. Wow. I did not know that Monica Bellucci and Jim Belushi well, were related. Well, he can be in the next Bond then, maybe. Because uh, she was fantastic, right? Didn't you love her? Oh, and she's that, great. Uh, just smoking hot Italian lady when she comes out and he says, she's like, who are you? And he says, Bond. James Bond. Bond. Oh man! Oh every no! Time. I spoiled it. Okay. Oh. oh crap! I apologize, listeners. Sorry, I haven't folks. seen it yet. That was really good, though. Um, and then you uh, make the a f- good point, though. Uh, yeah. As far as kind of the shifting of of how Bond used to be with the ladies to how he was in this one, I really appreciated the whole Netflix and chill scene. I thought that was yeah, with really the cool, really relevant. Yeah, Leah Leah Sadu, the other Bond, the kind of she was the main Bond girl in it, blonde, beautiful French actress. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and she uh, just that who's scene actually you may not know this, she's actually also has another famous brother. Her brother is uh, Gerard Depardieu. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Actually, that I totally buy. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to know. Both uh, things I've said have been factual so far. Yeah, no, every, well, everything we've talked about in this film has just been. I mean, we're trying not to give away spoilers, but the scene in which Bond uh, calls her up and says, "Hey." Season one, everybody loves Raymond. Chinese take out you and me. I'm Daniel Craig, obviously. <laughs> Come on by. And then she comes by. And I mean, I don't know if the filmmakers intended to make a film that is literally 25 hours long because they literally watched the entire first season. It was, everybody a, it was a daring choice. Bold, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I, re- I just hope Ray Marmano got some residuals out of that, really. I think that probably they worked out the royalties <coughs> and whatnot. Sure, some some deal. Not for Brad Garrett though. That guy no. can just no. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Nope. No, thank you, Brad Nothing Garrett. Not on you, our Brad. podcast. I did not like his country album. No. Oh hell no. It was awful. It was really confusing too. I don't think it's been a while since we had a uh, a Jewish cowboy album yeah. out there. And but it was also uh, a. Ter- it was also. A, I, I think the one misstep for me, Inspector. Okay, maybe not the one, but one of the biggest ones was using a song from that over the love scene between Bond. I mean, I get the tie-in because they're watching Ray Romano, and then at the end of season one of Ray Romano, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, they get it on. And it was right. very sexy, but I wasn't so sure about the choice to use Brad Garrett's um, I'm, I'm a Hot Jew Cowboy 
uh, as the song. I mean, over it's the a great single. It's it a is. great single, but it's yeah, uh, it's his wrong easily placement. his most accessible song. But oh, it definitely. just felt 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 bad. Um, though I will say, uh, uh, well, you know, you go with your thought. You're about to talk. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, uh, deviating a little bit from the uh, from the ladies of the film, uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, but Dave Batista uh, uh, mm. and his his role. Great job as a as a Bond villain. Really, really, uh, I was surprised that when I saw it, mm. I was surprised that he was still completely in his Drax getup from Guardians of the Galaxy. I have but heard he has not taken it off. Yeah, I know, and I don't think he ever film. will. No, yeah, he's just like, he's just refused. It's in his writer now, in his contract. He appears in Drax makeup in all of his films. I think it's fine. I don't, I don't yeah. mind it at all. Oh, I, I loved I it because it really great. helped tie it together for me, you know, because I haven't actually seen a lot of the James Bond films, but I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy like a dozen a times. Yeah. So I feel like it really connected and gave some good background story for the character that he was in this. Yeah, no, it, it just it lets you in. It lets you in knowing that he is on a, a vengeance trail uh, to to kill someone for his family. Which again, I do believe now in Dave Bautista's contract, he just <laughs> does that in every film. It's uh, true. Yeah. Now, God help us if he's ever in a children's movie. But I mean, I think it's I think it's fine. You know what to expect from him. It's every interesting time. to see what's going to happen when he does inevitably do like another return to the WWE because I mm. think it's going to have to be in those storylines too. Like every wrestling yeah. match, he's going to have to accuse his opponent of of like murdering his family and stuff. It, it's going to be exciting. I, I I really hope he brings a trained raccoon in an outfit with him when he does that in WWE. That'd be really cool. Pretty um, sure that's also in the contract. Didn't you God, remember I, that, I Inspector? So. That scene where he had his his talking raccoon was sidekick? Was it? I mean, it was yeah. just so quick. You know, it was just a little one-off. It was a nice little It was kind of like a more of a henchman type thing, yeah. Right, you know, he was there, feature. and then poof, he's gone. And then, you know, well, I mean, when Bond killed the giant tree, I was like, okay, well, Bond just killed Groot. Okay, fair enough. Right. You know, I knew that was By happen. the way, that <coughs> was another massive spoiler that you really probably Damn. should have at least given a warning on. <sighs> Sorry, folks. We've been, really we've been gone a while. We're, we're dropping the ball while. here. Yeah, it you know under a freeway bridge is a hard place to stay at the top of your game. We're gonna get there again though. I promise. That um, though, by the way, just off topic, that is one of my favorite B-side songs from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Is uh, under the freeway bridge. It is. No, it's very good. Uh, I yeah, I think w at some point uh, had we uh, if we ever decide to release the lost uh, podcasts from under the bridge, we should make that the theme song for those. No, definitely. That should be, yeah. Um, I think that'd be really, coo really cool. Um, but Spectre, um, I, I, I want to jump back really quick to the Bond girl. I did. I didn't finish of my thought on, on Leah Sadu. Uh, if you have ever wondered uh, if there was a sexier scene than her and Bond's uh, little tryst to Jewish cowboy music, uh, look up the film "Blue Is the Warmest Color." Currently on Netflix, it's about two hours and forty-five minutes of a really adorable lesbian love story. And uh, I just have to say, she goes face first into another girl's ass. And it is wow. a beautiful thing to see. Wait, I like, did not know. Like in, in a sex act or like she trips? <laughs> right, no, I should have qualified that. No, during a sex scene. Just sensational wow. lesbian uh, sex scenes directed. Just, I mean, uh, just, I, I, am, I am actually not like, have ever been really turned on until that. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I was like, "What have I been not watching my whole life?" Two Wait, women going at it. Did you say that you've hot. never been turned on before until that? Because literally married, man. 
I mean, well, okay, that for sure, her. But I mean, outside of that, it's a pretty dark world out there. I've I've not really <laughs> found much outside of her. That's why I married her. Um, but uh, if uh, I just wow, watching a tiny blonde French girl go face first to another girl's butt was kind of amazing. Uh, I kind of wished that they'd done that, Inspector. Again, I know I'm being picky. I you know right. I'm being picky with the with the choice not liking Brad Garrett's cowboy music. Um, also, I I feel like they just should have. For that scene, Bond should have been a woman, just for that scene. Like, uh, okay, time passages. I can see how that works. Yeah, they work. They work time, long time passages into James Bond movies all the time. He could have gone under gender reassignment surgery like Twice. a year, two years later. Yeah, well, okay, just the one time to start off though. I mean, then uh, that just establishes it in the audience. You know, you see him go into the clinic and and start the hormone treatments, and then they have the hot sex scene, and then you just all you have to do is show another shot of the clinic where he went the first time and be like bond saying i want to i want to go back now and then boom they switch him back you know why does your female bond sound like russell brand uh because russell brand is female james (laughs) bond in case you haven't figured that one out that is entirely why uh it should be pretty obvious uh and i i think when dan oh you know what as long as we're talking about specter let's talk about were we talking about specter we were yeah oh shit i gotta pay attention more sorry go ahead yeah, I mean the the movie neither one of us have seen. So I think I heard Dan. This is Daniel Craig's last one, supposedly. No. That rumor has been that is the rumor going around is that he's done after this. He uh, has been making sort of comments like, "Oh, I've really enjoyed Bond, but I'm I'm definitely ready to move on." So I think we should nominate both of us should nominate a new James Bond. That's really where we need to go right now. Are we allowed to nominate ourselves? Yeah, I, I, if you genuinely think that the next James Bond. Should be, uh, you, then yeah, I I you know I can't even sell that to me. Hmm, I'm a because th- you just sprung that on me, and I feel like you've had that tucked away. So you go first. Who would you nominate? Okay, well I want to I want to put it. out. You're right. Uh, that's that's only fair. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out here. So I'm gonna tell you who I I uh, I wish it would be, and then I'm gonna tell you who I think it will really be in real life. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think it's gonna. I I wish it was Kermit the Frog. Bullshit. Yeah, no, I really do. How cool would that be? How cool would that be if if the Muppets were in Bond and just Kermit's? Because you could say, oh, it should be a woman. Oh, it should be some uh, like a non-white person. What if it was a green frog? Hmm. Now, would he still have the same uh, James Bondian attitude, or would he be like Kermit the Frog in that world? No, no, he would just be James Bond. In fact, I don't even want it to be Kermit's voice. I want it to be the voice of like, um, oh god, who's the guy? Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. It should be the <laughs> voice of Benedict Cumberbatch coming out of Kermit the Frog, because Dressed that like would James be Bond. Dre- who's James Bond? And everybody in the whole universe, or everybody in the movie, treats him just like he's a person. No one mentions that it's a puppet that's a frog. Not at all. Like women are like, oh James, you're so beautiful, and 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 all the um uh and Kermit the Frog is I don't know how to do Benedict Cumberbatch's voice, but yeah, he's just like. James Bond, James Bond, and that's it. Yeah, that's the entire movie. That's the most daring choice they could make, and I would love to watch that. Okay. So who do you uh, who do you think it will be though? Idris Elba. Who? Idris Elba. I think Idris Elba is going to be that. That is who I think is going to be the new Bond. You think you you think they'll actually go with a? Uh, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. It's it would be it just would be uncharacteristic of Hollywood to actually be this daring. You think they'll go with? I think they should. I think I think Black Bond should be a thing. A, Black Bond sounds hot. It's a great hashtag. As soon as you said that, just Black Bond, right? 
Hashtag black boned. Uh, you know, I, I, a, I think, I think personally for me, Idris Elba is as sexy as it gets. Like we were talking earlier about He's, scope and freeway yeah. bridges all day long. Man, <laughs> I no shame about it. The guy is good looking. Uh, he's got a great voice, a great actor. Well, if you haven't seen, he's a, uh, yeah, a talented actor. Yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Beast of No Nation on Netflix, watch it. Holy crap, is he good? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a really good Bond. I think it'd be, and and it, you're right. I don't know. I think Hollywood is daring enough. And there was that big kerfuffle. I don't know. Did you hear about that? Where some guy, some guy actually said, that, you know, there were rumors floating around. Oh, Idris Elba might be the, the Bond, might be the new Bond, and. Um, uh, I think it was a radio host in London said, oh, no, or somebody said, oh, he's too street to be Bond. And everyone was like, what? That's racist. And I was like, I don't know if the guy meant to be racist, but it comes off sort of douchey for sure. Uh, I and, feel uh, like if, if they are going to have Black Bond, it needs to be directed by Matt Damon. Why should Matt Damon? Wait. Oh, <laughs> I get it now. It would give him a <laughs> chance to redeem himself a little bit for sure. Uh right. You can't do the new Bond. Is it racist? You can't tell. Like, what did it mean to be or not? Like, damn it. Uh, but no, so anyway, that's. I I think it will be Idris Elba. I want it to be Kermit the Frog. That's fair. I will. Uh, I will also then come up with uh, an outlandish desire, and then also who I think realistically could probably do it. How is my desire uh, outlandish? The Muppets are oh, huge. Oh no, right not now. at all. Totally, Kermit the Frog as James Bond would always work in every scenario. Yep. They could literally yeah. have James Bond get shot in the face and still live because he's cloth and stuffing. <laughs> right? How cool is that? <laughs> um, all right. So my desire, if we're going to be just totally off the wall wacky, I would want to see. I was going to say I'm going to go the other way, but I'm, I, I would go the other way from James Bond usual casting, but not apparently the other way from you because Kermit is, uh, is, is, is the other way as you get. Um, yep. But I, uh, I'm trying to think who like who the m- who our current uh, generations Rick Moranis would be, but somebody <laughs> like that. Uh, it'd be great. Well, to keep see. in mind he has to and be again, British too. Does he have to be British or does he have to be able to do a British accent? Because Kermit's no, he not British. Kermit's British. Fuck you, Kermit's from Jersey. What Kermit is not from Jersey. I, I don't think he's from Jersey, but he's definitely not British. He's British. Kermit's British. I don't think. Well, he does say hi-ho. Right? Although he could also be one of the seven dwarfs. Wow, that, um. that surgery went wrong. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> if, if he used to be a seven dwarf and now he's a frog, someone is getting a malpractice suit. And <laughs> it's the, the money, the monetary compensation will not be enough. Who is a... Uh, <laughs> Who is like a modern day Rick Moranis? We really don't have. I, I need to fill that role. I don't think we have one, do we? Dude, you want you want to know who I actually briefly thought would be amazing? Because I think he's British. Oh crap, he's not British. Never mind, it couldn't happen. I was gonna say Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones would be fucking awesome. Oh, that would be badass. Um, right? Like, all right. So like, okay. Mm, so in, in, but then the, in the Rick Moranis like, role, Simon Pegg. That's where I would go for who I think could be really cool Ooh. to see as a James Bond. <laughs> That would be a very different James Bond. I'm not. Right? I think I would enjoy that. But I, I think who, I would if if they really are going against Daniel Craig, which I don't believe. I do not believe it until I hear about the casting. I think he's still going to do at least one or two more. 
maybe he'll do one more, but I really don't think he's going to. I think there's going to be a new Bond in the next film. That's what I. That's the rumors I've heard. If there is, I think you actually, in your Kermit explanation, nailed who I think should do it, which would be Benedict Cumberbatch. He'd be an interesting Bond. Uh, I don't know if he. I think somebody asked. Oh no, they asked him if he'd want to be Doctor Who, and he said no, he didn't want to be Doctor Who. So maybe yeah, no, maybe he'll do Bond. That'd be a very. He'd be sort of a nerdy Bond. Like, I, I would not well. buy Benedict Cumberbatch beating anybody up. I'm just going to say that. Like, he'd, throw uh-huh. up. he'd be more Roger Moore, you know? Like, if you remember Roger Moore would, like, like uh, by the way, I love Roger Moore Bonds. But, like, Sean Connery would just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a bitch at snappy snap. And he'd just, like, That's slap the was always out everybody. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know if they <laughs> planned all those fight scenes, but they happened anyway. Just keep the <laughs> camera running. He does this. Let him beat up the grip, and we'll just film it and call it part of the movie. This was supposed to be the <coughs> diplomatic approach, Bond. The diplomatic approach. Burlish. <laughs> and then he just punches <laughs> his way through every situation. That's how Bond got that rep. God, anyway. Well, then they had Roger Moore, who was just like, I'm going to sleep with the ladies. Maybe I'm gay. You can't quite tell. I'm definitely having sex with ladies. But uh, just the way I carry myself sort of makes but it look like I could I could ride exclusively. I definitely don't play for the <laughs> ladies. Um, but uh, he would never, like, Roger Moore would fight. Like, just, it was the most, like, he'd, like, punch, like, one or two people and then walk away. Like, he'd always, he always that's, I think, why they had so many gadgets in the Moore ones is because mm-hmm. they're like, God, no one is going to believe that this guy's going to beat a guy with steel teeth who's, like, seven foot. That's not going to happen. So he's got to take him <laughs> down with his toothbrush or something. So that's why they had to do the gadgets for Roger Moore. So. Who uh, wha- yeah. as long as we're in Bond land before we wander off? Um, who's your favorite Bond? Actually, I'm I'm just curious. Out of all the Bonds, who do you like best? I actually have not watched a lot of them, um, but I think well, get to it, man. I I think for overall style and character, you got to go with Connery. I think Sean Connery is the best. He is really but good. Maybe this is just because this was what I was brought up on. Uh, but visually, I think Pierce Brosnan looks like a Bond. He really does. Like I would, I would put Pierce Brosnan up there. He was damn. I need to rewatch Goldeneye. Actually, Famke Johnson right. in Goldeneye pretty much mm. helped me find puberty early. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, I can do that. Yep. Yeah, no, she's amazing. Uh, though I have to say, uh, best Bond girl, Jane Seymour. Really. She's in, the, yeah. She was in the so she was in one of the Roger Moore ones. I think it was um, uh, the one with uh, Paul McCartney's theme song. Um, you oh, know, live and uh, let die. Live and let die. Live and let die. For about, yeah, I think she's in Live and Let Die. And um, man, Jane Seymour in the seventies. I think it's to important me, that's to clarify that it. song is not the theme song for Paul McCartney's life. It kind of sounded that way. It's true. It does. No, it's definitely not his theme song. It's a, the theme song for the movie Live and Let Die. Uh, sensational gotcha. Bond theme, one of the best ones. But uh, I, th- I think it's either uh, yeah, just for Bond girls though, Jane Seymour. Who, Jane Seymour, just period. I would still call Jane Seymour to this day. Woman is good looking. Well, I, I don't mean, know how she 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 even looked pretty good in uh, Wedding Crashers a little bit ago. You know, it wasn't yep. super long time ago. Yeah. Now, um, Doctor Quinn, medicine woman, can treat me any day. <laughs> it's true. Yep. So, uh, d- well, before I, d- I almost forgot. So, 
in our summing up of our Spectre review, which has been amazing so far, mm-hmm. uh, what what do you give and Spectre? I, I mean, most I, people I'm, agree. With I, us I'm so trying far to figure too. out like my rating for it. Oh, uh, I think I think PG thirteen. No, no, your rating like stars out of five <laughs> stars. Like, would you be like four oh. out of five? I I'd give it three and a half out of five stars for me. Uh, just I'll tell because you the dinosaurs at the end just felt needless. Like I know Jurassic World make a lot of money, but you don't have to reshoot the ending with the T Rex. Get out, you know. That's that, true. That, that part pissed me off. That was true. The three and a half. I uh, I'm a sucker for some dinosaurs though, so I actually would give it four, but um, on a scale of like six stars. Okay, that's so I would enough. give it four out of six. Four out of sixes. That's that's a fair rating, really. I mean. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and yeah. I and I I, uh, I I think that uh, I think we did okay. A couple apologies here for spoilers that we threw out there, but I think we did okay for the most part. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you're in good company. We haven't either, and uh, that's our review. Yeah, no, that's right. Of uh, Spectre. Yeah. Other than uh, you know England's you know number one uh, secret agent, I don't think there's anything else on the international scale we really need to worry about. Um, yeah, no. Um, uh, just Spectre was number one at the box office. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, yeah that was really it. Yeah, Didn't Spectre see. was number one. Um, well, we were on our break. I didn't I really mean, see any other news happen. Yeah, definitely nothing over in Europe. I don't think specifically I mean, France. Yeah, no. I, I did anything yeah. happen there like recently? I, I don't um, think so. I mean, my nothing. I haven't seen a thing on my Facebook page. Uh, yeah, certainly no one has said anything about anything in France. I think uh, yeah. maybe... Definitely not even Paris, which is usually a pretty popular and talked about city, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, normally they... Pe- yeah, yeah, people love to talk about Paris a lot. They just, Paris in the springtime, Paris in the whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, nothing really, I guess. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was. Some, I remember something. Oh, oh wait, yeah, there was that whole terrorist attack thing that happened. Oh yeah, a bunch right? of flaming fucking assholes. Uh, yeah. basically shit all over Paris like a bunch of. In fact, I am going to say uh something we have not said. Uh, use an adjective we have not used on this show ever because we're too tasteful. But I feel this is an untasteful uh topic, and so I'm just gonna say it. A bunch of cunts shat all over Europe just just pretty recently. And uh, those cunts should uh, just you know, uh, burn in hell or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine so, with that. Uh, all joking aside, I think uh, yeah, basically you know what, what was going on, I think everyone everywhere has heard at this point. If you haven't, I highly doubt you're of the type that is on the Internet to listen to a podcast. So True. True that. Uh-huh. But yeah, uh, terrorist attacks uh, in in several several different uh, areas actually. But the most prominent one that got the most mainstream media attention, of course, was the uh, the Paris attacks uh, or attack attacks. I don't know. Multiple people were killed. A lot of people were killed. So would you say in an attack or attacks? Well, it was different attacks. I mean, there were, there were it was the same like within the same like area of Paris, but um, it was separate attacks. That was what. That was what I think made it so different. Why is it a different terrorist attack? It was a, a series of attacks, like, a, like oh, man, I should really know more about this. But uh, it was, like, I think two bombs, two um, suicide bombers, then a shooting, and then a shooting at a rock concert where most of the people died, and then I think one more suicide bomber. 
Um, so it was it was pretty epic and awful and uh, terrifyingly coordinated. I didn't think ISIS would actually, you know, get that their shit together that much. I guess for lack of a horrible better way to put it, um, you know. But they're I guess they're not as incompetent as I wish they were. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. For me, it kind of came across when I heard about it. Sadly, not in. A, I mean. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, I, knew, I saw this coming a mile away or I knew this would happen, uh, but it, it did not surprise me. But it did not surprise me because I just, I don't know, in a, in this, this is going to sound apathetic and it's not at all how I intend this to be. I'm not saying I don't care, because I do. Uh, but with even with 9-11 when that happened, and that happened, you know, here on, on our turf, I just have kind of been desensitized to it because it just, it just seems to be one of those inescapable uh, things in life that is going to happen. It's it's shitty to have to say that, but terrorism is a thing. Uh, I think we've talked before. You can't have a war on terror because it's not a physical item; it's an idea, and it's not yeah. going away anytime soon. No, it's true. I mean, uh, <coughs> well, I mean that's the sort of the thing that uh, I, I I did feel something similar in the attack of. Or not in the attack. I didn't attack anyone. Uh, so when I heard about it, I remember thinking, "Oh man, that's awful. That's really and that's horrible." You know, and and the way they went about doing it was definitely intended to have the most socially terrifying aspect to it. You're not mm. safe in your own city. You go to a concert or a, a sports event, and we can get to you. And that's it. That does. I mean, for like the first couple days after it. I was hyper aware of everything in Los Angeles, like mm, maybe, uh, uh, you know, do I want to take the train today? You know, and, and that just that pause made me go, OK, well, screw that. I'm not letting him, you know, mess with my mind. Not that I'm like, oh, look at me being heroic, but uh, just the attitude of it makes you think twice. You know, after 9-11, who didn't go, do I want to get on an airplane? You know, that kind of thing. So right. uh, it, it, it definitely was intended to have that impact. Um but you're right in that it's uh, the idea of the other thought I had right after it was a thought similar to yours of it's a terrorist attack. These are becoming like it's not like we've never not had terrorist attacks like before 9-11. There were terrorist attacks. They bombed the World Trade Center twice. You know, mm -hmm. like I remember the first time it happened, I was way younger. But uh, and, you know, you don't understand the scope of that sort of thing. But I remember thinking, oh, man, that sucks. Uh, and then when the USS Cole got bombed by Al-Qaeda before, I think in 2000, before 9-11, I remember that killed like 27 sailors, and I thought, that's horrible and awful. Um, and I think the U.S.'s response to um, that attack was to up the CIA's budget and shoot two missiles into Sudan at an Al-Qaeda training camp. Uh, but since 9-11, all of a sudden, if any terrorist attack happens, the response has to be huge, apparently. Which mm -hmm. I don't understand that. That one's, like, I guess 9-11 was really bad, and uh, we went into Afghanistan and just started, like, you know, taking over that country. And I think lately we've kind of thought, was that the best thing to do? So I hope France, in my, in my long rambling speech, I'm going to come back to, I hope France is pissed off, and I hope they go attack ISIS, but I hope they don't do what we did and go way too far with it, you know? And, well, so and here's, yeah. the, here's the, the sad thing. Um, it's like we haven't learned. And when I say we, I mean Americans. And 
when I oh. say when I say Americans haven't learned, I realize that 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 could be misconstrued to say that I am being anti-patriotic and blah blah blah. No, but as a group of people, we are still probably the most, at least on a social level. I mean, I, what I was about to say is we're 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 probably one of the most conflicting groups of people within ourselves and then I instantly thought of the, every, everything in the Middle East and I'm like, nah, maybe not. But as far as on a social, like, none of us are going to do shit, but we'll all sit behind our computers and we'll all be keyboard warriors and talk shit to the other side. And right. that is, unfortunately, the reason I say we haven't learned is because looking at the way we responded after 9-11, uh, I think that unless you are a complete tea partier, um, it is hard to to. It's hard to deny that the the military conflict that we went and got ourselves into as a response to nine eleven was longer than any world war, and cost us a lot of money we did not have to spend on that, and no. threw no, us in true. a deficit, or at least made our deficit worse. No, for sure. I mean. Um, you know, we're trying to talk scope of the attack here, and I think anytime you look at scope, the historical scope, you got to get into not just the attack. I mean, because here's, well, I'll dive into something you you talked about the American response, like our response to it. I gotta say, um, and I think you threw something on Facebook shortly after. God damn it, who the fuck is like like there's gun control people who are saying, well, you know, if they'd had guns, they would have oh, been fine. Man. And then there's I people who are saying, oh, if Obama was in charge of France, they'd have been screwed. And there's people saying, well, if George Bush was in charge of France, they'd have gone to war with the whole world. Like, just, uh-uh, no political, like, you can talk, like, what you're talking about is, like, the scope of of, of something else. We're talking about, like, our, our how we've responded to things in the past. But people right. that have used it to, like, forward their own political babies, what the hell? No. Well, and and I I was not sure if we if we wanted to bring that up in this conversation or not, but with you going there, I feel a little less dickheadish doing it too. But yes, I the reason I put what I put on Facebook, as you just pointed out, was because that was one of the one of the first things I started to see after the hashtag Pray for Paris. I started to see, and again, I thought I had done better at cleansing my my Facebook friends list, but apparently there are still some idiots out there. I I started to see people taking this what cannot be denied that it was a tragedy a lot of oh, human yeah. lives were lost total um, tragedy and uh, and it wasn't in a war scene you know it wasn't like oh and, and not to say that that's not a tragedy but again these are these are people that were not thinking they were going to a concert to go into battle they thought they were going to go hear some music and then they died but right. um but yeah so you 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 take this tragedy that's going on and and I started to see people posting, and it wasn't even like they were posting. Um, one of the ones that really got me, uh, it wasn't even like they are all, they're all attack posts, but it wasn't even like out of anger. It was the, the kind of mocking ones, like uh, apparently in you know some one of one of whatever he was whatever Obama was over there uh, to talk about climate control or whatever climate change. Um, yeah. Uh, at some point he was being interviewed and and he they asked him about ISIS and whatnot and he had responded talking about how 
you know, uh, not too long ago they were kind of marching through the area and they were just taking over all these air, all these countries and land, and uh, through you know airstrikes and uh, and and the 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 was it the Pashmurga the Pashmurgan Kurds? Hey, our buddies, the Pashmurga army. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, they they had done a good job to kind of stop their advancing and kind of contained that that particular thing, and of course what I saw was a um a picture of Obama, and it says you know it's like November twelfth, oh President Obama, and they put the quote ISIS is contained, and then November thirteenth, ISIS carries out biggest terrorist attack since nine eleven. And it was just like, and I think they posted it literally. And of course, they find a picture of Obama making a, you know, he's in the middle of something, like saying something. And so he's got kind of a goofy expression on his face. And literally, they're just like, oops. And it's that sort of shit. I'm like, you are literally choosing to take a time. And it's, it's in the same breath that you just an hour ago put some heartfelt post about pray for Paris and you, you know, you help stomp out terrorism by changing your profile picture to have the French flag imposed over your face because that helps everyone. But, um, but yeah, so you're going to go on there and be like, oh my God, my heart is breaking. I can't believe what I'm seeing. And then an hour later, you're going to go on and go, oh, and by the way, look what Bill O'Reilly said. (laughs) It just, it pissed me off to no end. And it's not because I think that that, political view is retarded which i kind of do but i really do but um but just from a uh, an unbiased and i'm ranting sorry just from an unbiased stance of pick your time and i'm the worst person to say that i will say inappropriate shit all the time it's kind of what i'm known for but even was, i was able to look at it and go whoa no too much yeah no like the 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 attitude of yeah, because I saw like a whole bunch of just the. I think the thing that's most disappointing about the attack isn't for me the attack happened. Like yeah, no, it's horrible that it did and it's awful. But looking at the American reaction has been just disappoint. I'm disappointed in our country, and I'm sorry, everybody. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not saying I'm disappointed in you, the listener of our show, or in me or in Obama, or George Bush, or anybody. I'm just disappointed that, I don't know if you heard about this, there's governors, uh, the governor of Alabama, Michigan, and um, one other state, I'm not going to throw anybody I don't know for sure under the bus. So Michigan and Alabama have both stated that they will not take any Syrian refugees because of the Paris attacks, because they're worried that ISIS is going to send secret, uh, um, you know, terror cell people in to blow up I don't know what they're going to blow up in Alabama yeah, and that was something. the other thing that was the other thing, this whole like everybody's saying close our borders close our borders no no Syrian refu- refugees I just want to put this out there we can all agree that ISIS is, is asshats but do we think they're stupid do you think they would have gone ahead and hit Paris France before they put their people over here like we weren't going to fucking shut down the borders like crazy no Stopping refugees at this point is pretty much, I'm going to just take a guess, I'm going to take a gamble and say you're only going to be affecting probably some innocent people that are trying to get out of a bad situation. We are not going to be preventing any of the bad guys from getting here because if they're coming, they're already here, guaranteed. Yeah, you know, you can, if you don't have a high profile, you can fly into LaGuardia in New York and get off the plane and walk it. You don't need to be a refugee to do it. Like, that's, like, the people that were suggest like, to me, 
Like, that's just the dumbest plan ever. Like, I don't think ISIS is that stupid. Hey, let me tell you guys what we're going to do. I don't know why I have a really crappy accent, but just go with me, folks. <laughs> let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to start a war in Syria, and then everyone will flee in refugee, and that is how we will. And then, and then but, but it's going to be really complicated. Like, some countries are going to close their borders, and some will open their borders. But this, this is how we take down that high school football field in, Alabama, in rural Alabama. We're taking it down this way. This, and we will crush <laughs> it. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it. All of these, like, just, you'd, you'd have to be the worst planner ever to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start a war so that there's lots of refugees, then we'll slip our guys in. When you could literally be like, I don't know, let's buy uh, Habib a fucking ticket to to Mobile, Alabama. He can fly in, get off the plane, and go blow the place up. Because that's what he can do. Like, it's, I mean, you know, what the flipping crap? Who? It's like we're living in a comic book now. Like, not them or the world, but the way Americans see the world. And not all Americans. Sorry, I'm making big generalizations. But it's like we're somehow living in a Batman comic where we're Batman and everyone is the enemy. We got to watch out. <laughs> you know what they're going to do? You know what ISIS is going to do? They're going to they bring come kryptonite out, and they're going to stop us. They're going to try, but we're going to get them first. <laughs> You're just like, guys, that's not reality. The reality of the situation is so much more mundane and sad. It's the fact that what we're doing now is denying people who are fleeing ISIS. Like, like I don't understand how you look at pictures of Syrian refugees dying by the boatload off the coast of Greece and see terrorists. Like, I just don't get the correlation. But somehow, we did. And so now what we're saying to those poor people is, you know what? We're cowards and we're scared that you're, ooh, maybe icky. Uh, so we're not going to let you in. So good luck dying. Uh, you know well, what I would do if someone said that to me? I would want to fight them. Just yeah. saying. It, well, and it's... Uh you know, just going back to the uh, to the you know people taking this and and using it as an excuse to to push their political stuff. It's uh, you know it's the I I'm sorry, um, but the the conservative right wing people that are saying uh, you know close our borders, don't let any no don't let any migrants in. They've been saying that before this. All this was was just an excuse. They were like, see, now we really can't let anybody in the country. It's like, okay, you're literally going, man, I'm glad all those people over in Paris died because now we can actually try and substantiate our bullshit that we shouldn't allow people in the country. Right. I want to go on record and say this is where I this is where I don't I'm not full liberal. I'm more actual free thinking person. I'm not saying everybody should be allowed in the country. I think immigration laws are good. I think that everybody should be documented and everybody should go into the system. And we should all get equally fucked once we're here. But I do think the idea of saying nobody in this country. its I love this time of year because it's Thanksgiving time. And I uh. love i love all the things that you see popping up about how the Native Americans are uh, standing there with the pilgrim. They're like, sorry, no refugees. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like... It's like, sorry, guys. Um, I mean, and and shit, people, they're you know, they're going even further with now. They're 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 going with Christmas. I saw one today. It was like, by the way, you do realize that cute little uh, Christian story uh, that uh, that we always tell at Christmas Eve services is about a, a Middle Eastern uh, couple seeking refuge, right? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, nice, well done. Yeah. Whoever did that one. Yeah, no, but, I mean, uh, <coughs> how did you think we got here? Like most of the. There's a huge Vietnamese community down here in Southern California. They got here because we took in refugees from Vietnam. And you know what they do? They make delicious food. And you know what they <laughs> don't do? 
terrorize anybody. They don't. I, they I just don't make know, really man. good food. Some of, some of my BMs after Vietnamese food is a little terrorizing. That if it, that's true. So if they're doing it, they're doing it subtly and through delicious food, and I am totally all right with that. Um, oh, same thing with like uh, the Irish. How do you think the Irish got here? The potato famine created a whole country of refugees in the mid 1800s, and they all fled to America. And I know most people in this country have a little bit of Irish in them because based on the amount of people that wander out on the street drinking and saying, God bless the Irish or kiss me, I'm Irish on St. Patrick's Day in America. Some, you know, a <laughs> lot of them yeah, have to be nobody Irish. Nobody would ever pose just for the sake of an excuse. To drink. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that I pretend I'm Mexican on Cinco de Mayo, but I'm not going to say I don't. Uh, <laughs> Well, but the other uh, thing, though, even beyond the political thing is, uh, you know, it's it's you've got people because uh, this was another thing that, that frustrated me, because when I did my little I first of all, um, you know me, you know me really well. And I think our listeners at this point have got a decent grasp of me, too. I'm not the type to skirt away from uh, potentially offending somebody if I want to share my viewpoint. So I'm not the you know, uh, one thing I've noticed is that the. uh it seems that the older generations, the one thing they're bitching about now is that, uh, I don't know if I'd say our generation, but the one just under us, uh, is is uh, they get their feelings hurt too much. That's the one thing I keep hearing from all the uh, all the angry right wingers. Whenever somebody's like, "Wow, you're really freaking racist," they're always like, "You're just getting your feelings hurt. You gotta grow a pair." Man, maybe you shouldn't take a, a situation that just happened, a big tragedy, and use it to say. All Islamic people uh, need to be uh, murdered and destroyed. Because you know what? Uh, the KKK is actually an offshoot of Christianity. Uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, as fucked up as it is, offshoot of Christianity. It, it's there are psychos in every religion, and that's the thing that I, the other thing I can't stand is when I did my I totally just ended my rant and I cut out my own tangent. Um, <laughs> my my tangent was that my little Facebook post, I did a really good job, in my opinion, of trying to be gentle with it. I refused to call any of the people out. I didn't screenshot any of the bullshit I saw. I just said, hey, you're on my friends list, so I've seen it. I'm trusting you're going to see this. Maybe think about what you're saying and posting and if you're being respectful for people that are dealing with a tragedy in their lives. That was literally my thing. And some of the negative response back that I got, because I got some, po- I got quite a bit of positive response from that. Um, but I did get a couple people pop up, and uh, and one of them was a guy that seemed awful defensive, and I actually hadn't even noticed his page till he got defensive. <laughs> then I went and looked. I was like, holy shit, this guy had spent all day on November thirteenth, and kind of every day since, just a dozen posts a day about. Uh, yeah, I'm scared of uh, Islam. Yeah, I'm an Islamophobic. If that's racist, then call me racist. I'm like, okay, you're racist and kind of stupid. Kind of racist at that point. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it, p- people are using it to push political feelings. People are using it to uh, spread hatred of, of any religion that's different than theirs, uh, any person of a skin color that's different than theirs. And it's just, it it just it pissed me off more than anything. I was sitting there going, "Wow!" I mean, really, it's uh, ISIS has done something, um, and I think I think this is the important takeaway. ISIS has done something that I don't think anybody in the world has ever done before. They actually found a way to make uh, the world as a whole kind of unite and decide that we like French people, which I don't think that's ever happened. 
outside their food, they can be kind of a, a kind of uh, kind of ornery and uh, stubborn, uh, lovable sometimes. But in that, gosh, you guys are really, really testing my patience. I mean, yeah, but honestly, you kind of gotta love the French. I've always been a big French fan, uh, even though there are. I, I grant you, yeah, there's times where you're like, God damn it, France, but uh, they they're kind of like our sister country, really. Like they and helped and us and fight they for sure freedom. Know how to kiss? I dig the way they kiss. Go France kissing. I kind of um, wish I hadn't brought that up right after you called them our sister. Yeah, that is weird. That that is the word association you went with. But it's um, <laughs> gonna roll right over that. Thankfully, I don't think you have a sister, so I think we're. It's a little less weird. That's I mean, true. if Emma Stone. I mean, if Emma Stone was my sister. Uh, There's a whole other conversation. We're going into we a weird, have. weird area. <coughs> that's 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 what's what the quarter hour is for. Um. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> no. Uh. No. I think you're right. I think the um, the response that I've just seen from Americans has been more than anywhere. I'll just put it out there. Cowardly. Like the negative response. The negative response I see is I'm scared, and I'm scared because I think my president hasn't bombed enough people, or shot enough people, or invaded enough countries, and therefore I'm scared. Uh, and so I'm going to talk belittle Obama. Um, I'm going to say, don't send me any refugees. I'm closing my border because I'm scared. And to me, that's just cowardly. Like, they always like to talk about, the conservatives love to talk about the greatest generation, the one that fought World War II. And, hey, they put the Japanese in internment camps. So, you know, they don't get a free pass or anything. But the greatest generation would be fucking ashamed of you if they knew what you did. Thankfully, most of them are too senile or have passed on to see this because if the people that fought world war ii saw that your response to hey this country needs help was i don't know they might be terrorists um i'm pretty sure they would they would take you out to the woodshed and they're not around so it's a shame but yeah i i'm just kind of i'm sad because the negative reaction makes us look cowardly i am happy about the positive reaction though I mean, you were talking earlier about everybody changed their Facebook page, looked like the French flag. And it's a very social media thing to do, but I'll take that. In this day and age, I will take that. Good job, everybody. You showed some support for France. I mean, go out and maybe do a little bit more, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't, I, I, you did something. You did more than post up a meme about Obama. So good for you. You know, it's just, uh, and and I, I just think there has been a lot of good reaction, and I'm really happy that a lot of people... I have seen more stuff on my Facebook feed uh, has been more about... Uh, I like that our podcast, by the way, sometimes is, my Facebook feed said this, but hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, um, I think that's we get our news from Facebook, and we do our movie reviews without seeing the movie. I think that, in a nutshell, encapsulates what we do here. That's the five-star programming we have here at uh, <laughs> Fine Liar. Um but my Facebook, on my Facebook feed and in general what I've seen throughout the media is a lot of people saying, hey, this is not all Muslims. This is a, sp- a small percentage, really tiny percentage of cunts that we need to fuck and get right. out. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. But you're right. I have seen every time I see a negative reaction, I just all I, the first word that comes to my mind is you're kind of a coward. You're scared. It's OK. Just shut up. Go be a coward somewhere else. So, yeah. In lighter news, uh, something I know that you're super excited about, there have been uh, a lot more balls getting bounced around on some wood floors. 
Yeah, I do love it when a bunch of African-American guys and some white guys get together and bounce their balls on the floor. Love it. Right? And uh, I got to tell you, um, I was really looking forward to being able to rag on you and your uh, your uh, Trailblazers this year after they lost almost all of their starting five. But yes. uh, they kind of did not too shabby with the maneuvers because they now have a pretty damn solid team and they're all really, really fucking young. And that sounds creepy, but I don't mean it that way. I mean that they've got young players that are already playing really well together and are probably going to be pretty tough to contend with for a while to come unless they do another purge and get rid of everybody. So what you're telling me is that you really love it when a young interracial group of boys gets together and touches their balls. <laughs> That's what you're telling only, me. Only when they've got talent. I love that our tone shift in the show can go from terrorism is sucks and you guys are cowards to, hey, you want to hear a really sexy kind of homoerotic joke about basketball? Boom. Enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> again, again, more of the five-star programming you've come to love and expect from the final hour. But no, uh... In a, all, all young boys' balls aside, um, I do have to say the Trailblazers exceeded expectations until a couple nights ago, and then we hit our hiccup. I knew it was coming. They played the Charlotte Hornets and just got demolished, like embarrassingly demolished. But, you know, it had to happen. I still don't think the Trailblazers are going to win a title this year. Probably. Oh, no. I, no, no, no. They c- they could make the playoffs, maybe, but I'd almost kind of want them not to. I'd rather they get a good draft pick because you're right. There are starting to be together the, the pieces of a damn good team in Portland. Mm-hmm. And, and a uh, young one. That's what I'm saying. It's um, like they've, yeah. they're, they're, not, they're not built on the shoulders of, of you know, some veterans that are give them you know, some short-term gains but are going to be done soon. Yeah, I know. It's true. Uh, I've just been really happy with my Trailblazers, and uh, they're going to hiccup. It's going to happen. And uh, th- th- hopefully they'll walk away better and not too discouraged. So go go Trailblazers. I have to say, as a basketball fan and a Trailblazers fan, the most rewarding thing has been living in Los Angeles this year. Wow, do the Lakers suck ass. And wow, <laughs> is Kobe Bryant terrible. I don't know who put it together, but um, some guy put together a... Uh, do you remember the old video game NBA Jam? Fuck yeah. Yeah, where it'd be like, on fire. Oh, Boom shakalaka. Yeah, somebody put one together for Kobe Bryant this season, and it's just a collection of him airballing, which he's been doing like crazy. Just <laughs> airball, brick. Maybe you should retire. Like just. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, I know I mean, I, you shouldn't wish ill on people, but Kobe Bryant has been a thorn in the Blazers' side for so long, and the Lakers fans are the most, ins- short of the Patriots, some of the Lakers fans are the most insufferable fans uh, in the history well, of sports. Well, and Dodger fans. Hey, Dodgers, we just kill people. We don't, we're not insufferable. <laughs> um, but uh, no, the, uh, the l- watching the Lakers just utterly be terrible has been awesome. Uh, so it's been a great season so far. I could, I could wish that the Chicago Bulls, what are they going to do? Because uh, they seem to just sort of be amazing. Like, wow, these guys are contenders. And then turn around and be like, wait, hold on. We, went, we looked at a Bears game for 10 minutes and now we're terrible again. Uh, okay, first of all, the Bears have actually been winning quite a bit, which makes me sad because I know they're not going to make the playoffs. They're just going to screw the draft like I have predicted every year. 
I, I uh, was gonna say it's it's it literally is happening like you said every year where the Bears are like like they're like oh man we're really bad shit I guess we should win some games so that the Chicago fan base can be disappointed we're not gonna get a good draft pick. Yep, I'm telling you, man, I uh, I got psychic powers and uh, it is they are channeling heavy disappointment from Bears fandom, but uh, still on basketball, uh, I don't know. I mean. I I honestly like you know there's a lot of talk about uh, D Rose is going to be going away. I'm I'm a little disappointed in that, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I think that uh, they need to you know hold on to some hope that he's going to bring them a championship. I'm just getting like, dude is getting more and more creative with the ways he can injure himself and take himself out of the game, and uh, I'm just waiting for the day when he like shows up with a peg leg or something, and <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like true. dude. Dude's got what? Well, he's got two robo knees. He's now wearing a uh, uh, a badass uh, paintball mask, and yep. uh, and yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll throw his back out and uh, replace it with a jetpack. I mean, that could hey, be cool. That'd be pretty sweet, right? But no, I I don't know. I mean, I'm happy they got Jimmy Butler. I'm I'm nervous they're gonna misplay that and uh, try and try and do some bullshit to cater to D Rose and potentially cost himself Jimmy Butler. I think the smart move might be to uh look for some D Rose alternatives and uh and hang on to what they've got that's working. But you want to you want to hear me say something heartless and I'll just say it. Um trade D Rose. Trade him right now. I would if I was a Chicago GM, I would trade him right now before he injures himself again because last night, I don't know if you saw this, he screwed up his elbow, and he's out for another two weeks, I think. Ugh. So when he comes back, let him play, trade his ass. At the deadline, like right before the trade deadline, move him. Get like a draft pick or a really good player out of it. And, and just because you don't, you don't need, I mean, he's great. He's been fantastic. He's an exciting player to watch when he's healthy. But damn, is he injury prone. And oh, yeah. it just look at look at what's happening in L.A. That's what happened. You hold on to something for too long. Kobe Bryant has been held on to for too long. And now the Lakers are just a suck fest paying their most expensive player to be terrible. So get rid of D. Rose with you because you can get something for him because nobody is going to want to trade for Kobe. You know, like uh, nobody wants that. So just trade D. Rose with you. you still got a chance. Get something good. And and you know and I think Chicago could could be in a good spot because you got enough good players like Jimmy Butler's awesome, um, Marodic's really good. There's some really good talent there, and uh, I just uh, holding on to Rose is going to be bad. I just feels bad. So maybe the Bears will take him. <laughs> uh, sure. Um, I I was I was actually I wanted to get onto some some Bears talk actually from that, but I uh, I feel like. I feel like uh, we we need to just devote like I think our next quarter hour should be all football talk. Oh yeah, I feel like uh, I I got a call the other day from our football announcer friends. I think they're ready to come back and and, oh, and good. break down break down what's happened in football so far this season. And uh, I really think uh, that would be amazing. So yeah, yeah, that I think that's a good way to go. So that'll be on our uh, our next uh, episode of the final quarter hour. Uh, we'll uh, we'll. I, uh, we we don't even need to show up. Uh, no, I, well, we're good again. We might wanna. No, you know what? They were good last time. I was thinking the last time we did the quarter hour, it was a good thing we were nearby because that got messy. 
Um, but uh, but no, I learned. Yeah, those football guys are pretty good. I think that I think we're okay if we just let them have the reins next time. On the last quarter hour, I learned that you do not leave puppets and uh, furries unattended in a studio because things Ooh. will go badly. Very yeah. very lot of lot of cleanup. However, um, I do think elderly football gentlemen speaking about football, you'd probably be okay. No, definitely. Um, we are running out of time here. Before we hit that magic hour, though, we got some business to take care of, my friend. All right. Um, we, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you will remember this because it's been so long since we were uh, doing this thing here, but uh, we had a little bit of a uh, little bit of a competition on Facebook. And uh, I'm I'm not going to say that I I dominated, but I'm pretty sure I kind of crushed with the uh, the calf off my friend. I no I have to hand it to you when it comes to the calf. You are the LeBron James of calves. (laughs) The power of your calves are blindingly beautiful. I will grant you the beautiful calf status. You have the best looking calves, but I still have the biggest dick. (laughs) <laughs> well uh we're Let's not that we're not taking happen. that to facebook nope we're not taking that to facebook come uh, on <laughs> i want to get banned <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh i i apparently have some great calves um so uh let's pose the question then would uh would uh would stark would stark brian uh would stark brian accept an offer from beth if she came up with these calves and wanted to wanted to worship worship him, I'd I'd have to say yes. I mean that would have to be a yes, Boom. obviously. So I think what we'll do then is we'll do a um. What was the guy that that old story about the guy that like he was in love with the chick, but he he was too nervous, so he'd like hide in the bushes and feed the words to some other guy to say. Cyrano de Bergerac. We, we should just pull some of that with Scarjo for you. You know, we'll utilize my calves and your, uh, your words, and uh, together we we shall have her. That sounds sort of creepy but sexy at the same time. I'm <laughs> in. Alrighty. Well, we are out of time. So uh, as usual, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Downstairs Neighbors. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, although we're really inactive on that. Sorry, neither of us are super photogenic unless it's our calves. But um, we're on Twitter at DNeighborsBand, and you can also uh, shoot us an email, DownstairsNeighborsBand at gmail.com. And we will, uh, we will be, well, we won't be back, but uh, final quarter hour will feature those lovable old uh, football announcers. And we will be back next time for a, another fun-filled episode of Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. As always, thanks for listening. I'm Seth. I'm Brian. And we'll catch you next time. And I have the second best cast in the studio. There's a chorus of opinions, but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody This has been a Dry Run production.